Hare Krishna, Vanchakalpa Trubhyascha, Kripa Sindhu, Vyabhacha, Patitanam, Bhavanibhyo, Vaishnavibhyo, Namu Namaha. So, we're here to resume our uh, 11th Canto classes of Srimad Bhagavatam. I think our last one was in February 14th. <laughs> and then we had to have a long break, took a trip to Europe and so on. So now we're back and ready to re resume. We had started the chapter 28 in Canto 11. Uh, that chapter is called Jnana Yoga. And uh, uh, it's mentioned that these things have been discussed before plenty of times in the Bhagavatam and here's a kind of uh, summary of it. You should remember that Jnana Yoga is not necessarily uh, the Mayavad version of it. It's just it's, uh, any any form of spiritual realization where the person is trying to understand themselves as not the body, uh, as spirit soul, and is interested in knowledge of transcendence. Uh, so, uh, so you can be Ghanis without being Mayavadis. Like the four Kumars were Ghanis until they actually encountered the Lord and they accepted Him. But, uh, uh, so, uh, uh, it's, it's not bad, Shana Yoga. And, uh, and actually it's included within Bhakti. So anyway, we had gotten as far as, uh, in my notes, uh, up to text nine. So in this in this uh, chapter, chapter twenty-eight, right? Chapter twenty-eight, up to text nine. In this in this chapter, uh, verses one through nine, the Lord is speaking. Uh, then uh, 10 and 11, Uddhava asks a question. And then from 11 through 44, the end of the chapter, <laughs> Krishna replies. That's the dynamic <laughs> of, the, of the chapter. So we're in the middle of, uh, we're almost to the reach the end of, of Krishna's uh, uh, statements. And I'll just read through the translations of those uh, now before we actually pick up where we left off so you'll have some uh, context here. Uh, so the translations uh, let me just say first Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya uh, the Supreme Personality of Godhead said, One should neither praise nor criticize the conditioned nature and activities of other persons. Rather, one should see this world as simply the combination of material nature and the enjoying souls, all based on the one absolute truth. Whoever indulges in praising or criticizing the qualities and behavior of others 
will quickly become deviated from his own best interest by his entanglement in illusory dualities. Now the reason Gana Yoga becomes introduced here is this combination of material nature and enjoying souls all based on the one absolute truth. Actually what the, this chapter is actually expounding is what Lord Chaitanya later described as a Chintya Beda Beda Tattva uh, where uh, everything is one but it includes varieties within it. Uh, so this was said in the first uh, verse uh, ekatmakam pasyan uh, seeing the world as ekatmaka of the na- having the nature of oneness but it, then it also mentions prakritya and purusha prakriti um, the material nature and uh, purusha the uh, embodied spirit souls in it um, Uh, so that that's so. But then the, the the topic that Krishna starts out talking about is this idea of praising and blaming other people and fault finding and and uh, 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 and so on, because one should see things in a certain light. Uh, And then in text 3, just as the embodied spirit soul loses external consciousness when his senses are overcome by the illusion of dreaming or the death-like state of deep sleep, so persons experiencing material duality must encounter illusion and death. So this is this praising and blaming, this is good, this is bad, I like this, I don't like that, that's dualities. Uh, acceptance and rejection. Uh, I t- accept what I enjoy, I reject what displeases me. Uh, so here, uh, 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 so, so n- normally we encounter two illusory states, uh, dreaming and deep dreamless sleep. Those are the two kinds. Uh, uh, where uh, uh, so here, so this is so the, uh, someone experiencing duality encounters illusions, seeing this world in the wrong way, and then death. Uh, uh, and death is also an illusion. Prabhupada said that death is an illusion we've imposed upon ourselves due to our desire to enjoy in this world. High price to pay for a few cheap thrills. <laughs> so he goes on. That which is expressed by material worlds or meditated up on by the material mind is not ultimate truth. This is the praising and blaming uh, taken up theme. What therefore is actually good or bad within this insubstantial world of duality and how can the extent of such good and bad be measured? <clears throat> all those shadows, this is text 5 now, all those shadows, echoes, and mirages 
are only illusory reflections of real things. Such reflections do cause a semblance of meaningful or comprehensible perception. In the same way, although the identification of the conditioned soul with the material body, mind, and ego is illusory, the identif- this identification generates fear within him, even up to the moment of death. So very interesting, but there's three things. Uh, chaya, prachahavya, uh, and abasa. Abasa is uh, illusory, uh, or the reflection of light, uh, false appearances here, echoes and shadows. And they say here in the translation, mirages. Uh, 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 so they, they're not real things, but nevertheless, they create the idea in the mind in the same way uh, the embodied soul uh, uh, identifies with those things and generates fear by them. In six and seven, the supersoul uh, alone is the ultimate controller and creator of this world, Atma Eva. Here, the supreme soul or supersoul, Atma, is the ultimate controller and creator of this world, and thus he alone is also the created. Uh, Similarly, the soul of all existence himself both maintains and is maintained, withdraws and is withdrawn. No other entity can be properly ascertained as separate from him, the Supreme Soul, who nonetheless is distinct from everything and everyone else. The appearance of the threefold material nature, which is perceived within him, has no actual basis. Rather, you should understand that this material nature, composed of the three modes, is simply the product of his illusory potency. Uh, That's a very interesting uh, text, especially uh, with this one. When when I'm looking at this BBT translation, but I also have uh, Vishnu Chakravarti's commentary translated by Banu Swami. And so when Banu Swami has this text, uh, uh, he gives a much simpler uh, kind of uh, uh, translation and, and more literal. The Lord creates the universe and is created. He maintains the universe and is maintained. He destroys the universe and is destroyed. <laughs> That's exactly what the Sanskrit says. None other than Paramatma exists, but he is different from everything. This is where Prabhupada at one point says, nothing is different from Krishna, yet Krishna is different from everything. Perception of three types of suffering in Paramatma are baseless. Perceptions of the th- of three types of suffering in Paramatma are baseless. Uh, know that the universe made of gunas and three types of sufferings are uh, 
created by my inconceivable energy. Because here in the Sanskrit it mentions the threefold material nature and uh, in the BBT translation the what's taken as the three modes, the three threefold. Uh, Vishnu Chakravarti uh, says these three are Adi Bhautika, Adi Daivika and Adi Atmika, those three kinds of uh, uh, sufferings. That's why there's a difference in, in that part of it. Uh, uh, both, both, both are correct. But anyway, the Lord creates and is created. He maintains and is maintained. He destroys and is destroyed. They <laughs> toned it down a little bit for the BBT, not to seem too much like. Uh, Controversial. <laughs> That's what it says. Uh, then text eight. One who has properly understood the process of becoming firmly fixed in theoretical and realized knowledge as described and herein by me does not indulge in material criticism or praise. Like the sun, he wanders freely throughout this world. Um, so the words here, one who is completely expert in both jnana and vijnana, uh, Knowledge in the word for word, we have knowledge and realization. That is to say, it can be knowledge you read in a book and things then you experience. So it's, it's here they say theoretical and realized knowledge. Uh, Banu Swami following Vishnu Chakravarti, knowledge and specialized knowledge. Um, uh, so one, one who has these, Ganavigyanam, uh, a naipunyam, uh, fixed in these things, and it also can be mean expert, in the state of being fixed. Yeah, perfect, complete, absolute naipunyam. Uh, so, the, but the idea is then you don't indulge in material criticism or praise. It's the sign of it. So here we are up to text number nine, uh, which is the final statement of uh, Lord Krishna before Uddhava asks his question. Um, I'll read it from the book here. Uh, so text nine goes like this. Uh, Pratyakshena numanena nigamenatma sampida adhyantavatatasadsnatva nishango vicharidhiha. By direct perception, logical deduction, scriptural testimony, and personal realization, one should know that this world has a beginning and an end and so is not the ultimate reality. Thus one should live in this world without attachment. 
and the other side of attachment is aversion, so neither of those. <laughs> so we're still on the same theme here, uh, how to be this way. So this, this text has a um, list. Uh, by means of pratyakshena, by means of pratyaksha, this is the instrumental case in Sanskrit, so it means instrumental, what do, by means of pratyaksha, anumana, uh, logical inference, uh, Pratyaksha means uh, literally in front of the eyes, direct perception. Pratyaksha, anumana, inference, logical deduction. Nigama, from the nigamas, the nigama means the scripture. Uh, Atmasamvida is translated here as personal realization. uh, all by the all of these three things, uh, uh, four things, uh, uh, y- you know that this world is asat, shnatva. Knowing that this is, uh, adi antavat has a beginning and an end. Adiantavantu kuntaya. That's Krishna talking in the Bhagavad Gita about material pleasures. They have a beginning and an end, and those who are wise don't delight in them. So, uh, uh, this ashat, uh, which is translated as unreal, doesn't exactly, doesn't mean non-existent, but here, temporary. Uh, uh, knowing this, nisanga, without sangha, without attachment, lonely. <laughs> Sadhu Sangha is good, but this Sangha is not. This Sangha, uh, vichar, that one should uh, wander, move about in this uh, world. Atma uh, Samvida, uh, by one's own realization, Samvida, by itself just means being conscious, uh, uh, so atma by one's personal atma your personal consciousness or realization uh, so the, the, the purport here uh, uh, according to Srila Jiva Goswami so we have two purports we'll have the BBT purport which is following Srila Jiva Goswami and then we'll also read Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's purport. So according to Srila Jiva Goswami, there are two main material dualities. The first duality is that one sees material good and bad, beautiful and ugly, rich and poor, Democrat, Republican, no. <laughs> <laughs> the election here ends. <laughs> liberal and conservative <laughs> and so on so that's the first these things the one, one sense of duality these contrasts this is good this is bad I like this one I don't like that one and so on uh, the second is that one sees the entire material world as separate from or independent of the supreme personality of Godhead The first duality, that of opposites, is subject to dissolution by the influence of time. 
And the second duality, that of separateness, is merely an hallucination that this world is separate from God. Uh, which is what the materialists believe. And it, by the way, it's also what the Mayavadis believe. Because if it doesn't exist, it's definitely separate from God. <laughs> I mean, they deny, basically, Mayavad philosophy uh, denies that the world comes from God. Uh, in the beginning of Vedanta Sutra, Janmadasiyataha, this is the definition of Brahman, that from which everything comes. But the Mayavad philosophy actually, in, in, without doing it directly, but indirectly, they say Brahman has no energies. That's Mayavad philosophy. I, when I'd learned this from studying Krishna, from Krishna consciousness, and I looked at the text again, this, discovered this is what Mayavad actually means, uh, and I tell that to people who were Mayavadis, they didn't think that was what Prachankara was teaching, but it actually is his teaching. Uh, the, the Ramakrishna mission has done a good job of putting Maya on top of the Maya, so you don't really, <laughs> <laughs> so you don't really know how extreme the teaching of Shankaracharya is. Brahman has no energies. That's that's the Mayavad philosophy, and you can show people the text that Shankara says these things, and they're astounded. Uh, so anyway, uh, this duality, separateness. So without these two dualities, one who is firmly convinced of the temporary illusory nature of this world moves about freely without attachment. Although engaging in all types of devotional service for the Lord, such a person is never entangled and remains cheerful and satisfied in spiritual consciousness. Yep, and the realization is there. You don't depend upon the course of material nature for your happiness. This is an interesting way to be. And secure because gradually the course of material nature <laughs> is not going to go well. <laughs> uh, let me see, I want to read the purport of uh, the other purport. Yeah, so, so here is uh, uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur uh, commentary. Uh, his, this last list, of, he does this list, Pradyaksha, Anumana, Nigama. Uh, so he, with each one of these, he puts a different kind of understanding. Mm -hmm by direct perception. So he says, by un one understands a pot is temporary by sense perception. Then, uh, the next is inference. One can understand that, er that earth and other visible elements are temporary by inference. Or you see the pot or whatever's in front of you with this temporary. So then you infer that sim similarly other things that you don't see directly of the same nature, material nature. 
then he says, a scriptural testimony, nigamena, by nigama. One can understand that earth and other visible elements are temporary by inference, the nigama. One can understand that invisible elements like ether are temporary by scripture, because you don't see ether. You can't experience it to space, or you can't look at it like you can earth or water. Or, uh, then, uh, uh, finally, the the last one is by by um, um, one can uh, one can understand everything which is not spiritual is temporary. One can understand that everything which is not spiritual is temporary by one's realization. This is the last one. Uh, one's realized knowledge. Atmasambhida. Uh, uh, that you, you, then you can understand by only that everything uh, is temporary. And there, thus one should live in the world without attachment. That's the way that that uh, 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 Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur t- uh, takes it apart. One one kind of uh, 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 perception, uh, one one kind of understanding by these different uh, means. Uh, uh, so the, the whole world has a beginning and an end. Therefore, it is not uh, ultimate reality. So that's that's though that's ends the the Lord's statements because then ten and eleven is actually a, a, it's two verses but it's one question by Uddhava. Um, so uh, uh, we'll go and start that. Here's uh, text ten uh, begins Sri Uddhava Uvacha. So you know who's speaking. Uddhava says. Naivatmano na dehasya samshristir drashti drishayoho anatmaswadishur isha kasyasyad upalabhyate. Sri Uddhava said, My dear Lord, it is not possible for this material existence to be the experience of either the soul, who is the seer, or of the body, which is the seen object. On the one hand, the spirit soul is innately endowed with perfect knowledge, and on the other hand, the material body is not conscious, is not a conscious living entity. To whom, then, does this experience of material existence pertain? What a far-out response. (laughs) That's, like, really smart, you know. Uh, uh, So, uh, Swami uh, translates... uh, No, he has the same, pretty much the same translation. Not... not, uh, It's the same. Uh, Follows the same one. So... uh, yeah, this is uh, 
Uh, the, the purport here in the BBT uh, well let's, let's look at this first so here how is it possible uh, for who, well, who really experiences material miseries because It's not possible for material existence. Can the soul experience? The soul is situated in its own bliss, has perfect knowledge. It doesn't, you know. So the soul can't be the can't be the perceiver of this, uh, uh, because he already is endowed with his satchitananda. This is nature. On the other hand, well, then it is is it the material body or the mind. Well, th- there's no consciousness there. The consciousness is with the spirit soul. So, who is illusioned? <laughs> well, what, where is the source of this illusion? Uh, that, that's... Uh, 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 yeah, he's describing the self as swadrisho, uh, swadrisha, uh, one who has innate knowledge uh, that, uh, the Swadrish uh, in the dictionary Mona Williams they cite this Srimad Bhagavatam for this word Swadrish they don't say where seeing oneself or the soul you have self knowledge the soul is self-illuminated, you might say. So, uh, it says in the purport here, since the living entity is pure spirit soul, innately full of perfect knowledge and bliss, and since the material body is a biochemical machine without knowledge or personal consciousness, who or what is actually experiencing the anxiety, the ignorance and anxiety of this material existence? The conscious experience of material life cannot be denied. We're talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) And thus Uddhava asks Lord Krishna the question to elicit a more precise understanding of the process by which illusion occurs. How does it happen? You know, uh, the the answer to this will also refute the the the, the non-theistic sankhya, which is there is a if you read sankhya philosophy, there's just purusha and prakriti, and that's all there is, and uh, and uh, and purusha meaning a plurality of souls and. Uh, and property meaning material nature and uh, and uh, there's no parama purusha and and liberation means basically is the isolation of the individual purusha from the influence of property and you're just blissful but there's a, like a plurality that that's the way the, the sankhya philosophy is usually given it is as a 
it's, a, it's a non-theistic, there's no supreme Purusha, neither does it say where either Purusha or Prakriti come from, they're just there in the beginning, and that's what it is. kind of goes together with with yoga, this, this, this kind of uh, 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 Sankhya. Uh, let me see what... Uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur. Um, uh, when he comments on this, he 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 summarizes this question like this: Though the universe with beginning and an end is illusory, during the interim, when one perceives it as real, who experiences samsara, the jiva or his body? Samsara cannot belong to the jiva or his body because the body which is unconscious, anatma, cannot experience the suffering of samsara and the jiva with knowledge inherent in him, swadrik, that's the term here, swadrik, can never be without knowledge. If it's inherent, it's there. Samsara does not belong to either. That's a nice terse little... Where is it? Whose is it? <laughs> uh, so now let's go on to 11. The continuation of the question here. Atmavya yoguna shuddhau swayam jyotir anavritaha Agnivat daruvat achit dehakasyeha samsutihi. The spiritual is inexhaustible, transcendental, pure, self luminous, and never covered by anything material. It is like fire, but the non living body, material body, like firewood, is dull and unaware. So in this world, who is it that actually undergoes the experience of material life? So that's going again. So the, uh, so you get the idea, there's a little, the Atma, uh, here is avyaya. Here they trans use the word inexhaustible. Other synonyms used by Prabhupada is imperishable, immutable, everlasting. Uh, so that atma is avyaya, everlasting aguna, without the modes of material nature. Shuddha, a pure. Swayam jyoti, his own light, <laughs> self luminous. <laughs> Uh, anavrita, uncovered, uh, means open, unenclosed, not, you know. Agnivat, like fire. So think of a fire now, you know, and there's that lively flames dancing, you know, that's okay, yeah, luminous, self-luminous. When you say self-luminous, it's fire, is self-luminous, right? You don't need light to light the fire. I mean, uh, uh, you know, to illuminate the fire, it's self-luminous. It rather illuminates the thing. 
So, Agnivat. Uh, so therefore, all because the 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 the, 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 the atma is agnivat like fire, and uh, the body deha daruvat like wood. Daru Brahman, you know, Brahman made of wood. Daruvat achit and achit, non-living or non-conscious, the deha the body. Uh, so, kasya, of which of these in this world is samshristi, this experience of material life? The word samshristi uh, 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 means, uh, is usually, the basic meaning is a course or a revolution. So, then it takes to mean the passage, transmigration, going around the cycle of material existence, and so on. The, the word Shristi by itself is a road or a pathway, so some Shristi sort of means uh, uh, the whole course or revolution or uh, path the way uh, something goes. Uh, so that's that's his. Now, uh, the BBT a purport. It says the word anavrita and agnivat are significant here. Remember, anavrita uh, means without covering, unenclosed, and agnivat like fire. Fire can never be covered with darkness. So here they particularly, oh yeah, that's, yeah, you can't c cover fire with darkness. Because the, by nature the fire is illuminating, so how can the spirit soul, you know, be, become bewildered? That's against you. Know, it's contradictory. Similarly, the spirit soul is swayamjotihi or self-luminous, and thus the soul is transcendental. He can never be covered by the darkness of material life. On the other hand, the material body like firewood, is by nature dull and unilluminated. In itself, it does not have any awareness of life. If the soul is transcendental to material life, and the body is not even conscious of it, the following question arises. How does our experience of material existence actually take place? It's like it's impossible. This is so much, this is Jnana Yoga-like. This is what you start thinking about all the time, <laughs> Jnana Yoga. Uh, now, uh, Vishnu Chakrabarti's purport is very interesting, in this one. Uh, Vishnu Chakravarti says, how, first remember he mentioned that samsara doesn't belong to either. Uh, 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 the body is unconscious. The experience of samsara cannot belong to either the body, which is, has no consciousness, or the jiva, which is the soul. So he, uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says, he further explains 
Jiva is without destruction, creation, or change. That avyaya. Jiva is without qualities like attachment. Uh, to say that he has no qualities means like that. It is pure, without sin or piety. It is without ignorance, swayam jyoti, self-luminous. It is not covered by anything. It is not bound. The body is unconscious. The meaning is this. Though one can understand that there is no difference between fire in, and wood. <laughs> I'll get back to that one. Wood is revealed and fire is the revealer. Similarly, the body is revealed, known, and the jiva is the revealer, knowing, knower. But the jiva is only a knower because Paramatma gives knowledge to the jiva. Thus, material existence does not belong either to jiva or his body. That's the way Vishnu Now, there's no difference between fire and wood. This is where I was with, with Prabhupada. We were having a walking in Nuvrindavan, uh, and we're, we're going through the woods. And with myself and some other people, we were all in the Bhaktivedanta Institute at that time, a bunch of us there, and other people were there too, of course. So Prabhupada points at the trees, and he says, he 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 well first he says actually uh, everything is spirit. He said there is no matter. He he said just like these trees. He said a, a tree uh, takes uh, sunlight and grows wood, and therefore you have something you have sun. You have light and then you have wood. Different things, right? Uh, but actually, uh, that tree is different, another form of sunlight. And if you take the wood and you ignite it, the light comes back out. <laughs> so, uh, uh, wood is just light in another form. So, similarly, everything is spirit. That's what he said. So, here it is where it comes from, that uh, there's no difference between fire and wood. That's the, that's the example. Of course, I, I asked Prabhupada, we walked a little while, and finally he stopped and started talking, and then I had this question, and, I, and I've had an opportunity to say something. I said that, that right now I'm trying very hard to understand the difference between matter and spirit. I'm trying to understand I'm a spirit soul and I'm different from the body. And, that, and I understand we're supposed to, that's our first understanding, aham brahm, I am not this body. So I'm trying to understand the difference and now I'm confused because you're telling me that there is no difference between <laughs> spirit, so I don't understand. And then Prabhupada's reply, which took me quite a few years to really understand, at first I thought it was a complete non-sequitur, you know, just, what did that do with that question when at first I heard? He said, we are not Maya bodies. 
He said there are different kinds of spirit. <laughs> That's Savishesha, you know. There are different kinds of spirit. Well, this is anyway. You can see this. Um, uh, so this is... Uh, uh, and then he, he so bought with this is what Vishnu Chakravarti is saying here. There, the wood is revealed and the fire is the revealer. The body is revealed. Jiva is the revealer. But the Jiva is only a knower. How do you know? It's actually because Paramatma gives knowledge to the Jiva. Because the, the, the Jiva and the Paramatma are, are together. And because Paramatma is the form uh, is the form in which Paramatma is the super soul and through buddhi gives us direction and intelligence so this is actually the he is by by krishna's mercy we are confused and is actually it's not the material nature that covers us it's krishna who covers us and it is krishna who reveals depending on whether we want to go closer or further. That's really uh, 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 our understanding of that. Uh, so, uh, uh, then, uh, so that's his question. How, how does this actual, uh, who is undergoing the experience of uh, some shristi uh, material. So now, from 12 to chapter 44, <laughs> chapter 44, to, to text 44, the end of the chapter, uh, the Lord replies, and that now from 12 to 16, uh, in these chapters, he's describing bondage. Uh, 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 he starts with that description, Uh, and maybe we, since we only have a few minutes left, we shouldn't start. And, uh, that uh, I'd hope to get to a little bit further, but uh, okay, we'll stop. We'll stop there uh, and pick up with the uh, uh, the Lord's uh, uh, reply to Uddhava's questions. Very interesting chapter. Uh, and uh, yeah okay alright would you like that so there'll be markets so I know where we are So now we have time for some questions or comments, if there are any. If you're online, you can type your questions into the chat box in my record TV, or text me or email me. And if you're on the phone, you have to, you have to say. If, uh, if we're on the phone? Push star six. Hmm? Push star six. Push star six. To unmute yourself. And then, then you'll come, your voice will come over there. 
telephonic connection. <laughs> and we have in our studio. <laughs> yeah, I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm just I'm a little con- oh. okay. yeah. so I'm a little confused about the uh, this notion of um, knowledge coming from Paramatma. Like, in other words, is it inherent with the soul? Is it is it always mediated in some way from par- by Paramatma and in a liberated state versus the conditioned state? And you know, is that still mediation still there so in a liberated state? You get what I'm saying? Like I am situated in everyone's heart. Mm. From me comes remembrance, knowledge, and forgetfulness. Mm-hmm. Always, even when one's liberated, yeah. it's yeah. that's how. Yeah, from me comes remembers knowledge. Remember, the, the, as far as we're concerned, we, we, Prabhupada uses the term part and parcel. So, Atma and Paramatma, uh, there's some overlap, you might say, because we're of the same spiritual nature. And the, when I say the referential program, a program pronoun the ref, reference self pro, self myself right so this atma is also that uh, the pronoun for self so if I if, if Krishna is also atma that means he's the self of the self so, so the relationship between the self and the self of the self, is a little different <laughs> than the relationship. <laughs> he is the only one that's the self of the self. So there's actually a, a connection there that's quite intimate. And our process of knowledge really is direct in that we see. Uh, well, as Prabhupada puts it, uh, we don't see anything without Krishna seeing it first. We don't hear anything without Krishna's hearing it first. We don't, you know, the, 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 we go through Krishna. Mm. Uh, if, 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 and and in the enlightened state, in the in the liberated state, when you see the world. It's not the world of Maya. It's the world as Krishna sees it and experiences it himself, that you then experience it, which is not the same as the way you see it when you uh, don't have a connection with Krishna. You may either want to enjoy it, like the karmis, or you may want to reject it, like the mayavadis or the Buddhists, uh, the impersonalists. But uh, uh, when it comes to Krishna, you neither enjoy it nor do you reject it. Yeah, that's that's freedom from duality. Because to be free from duality by rejecting all of Krishna's energies is your, the whole basis of your freedom from duality is based on a duality. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So the one, you know, when you study uh, early Greek philosophy uh, in introductory classes, they always tell you the problem of the one and the many. That's the big philosophical problem. Uh, and uh, so, so the the one that excludes the many, uh, you still got a duality. So the idea of the one that somehow includes the many within it is not really. You don't can't don't usually speculate that far. There's even a Zen koan in this book, the book of Zen koans. When all things return to the one, what does the one return to? (laughs) 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 They know there's something out there. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> anything else? Any questions coming from anyone? No. No? All right. Then we'll resume at the same time next week, next Sunday. What's the date? The 19th. 19th. June. Twelve <laughs> Okay. Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai.